morning I've chosen the parable of the Good Samaritan. There we go. So if you're not familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan, I'm sure you'd be familiar with at least the expression, a Good Samaritan. Um, it's a term for someone who goes out of their way to help a stranger in need. You know, a person that shows compassion purely out of the goodness of their heart, expecting nothing in return. And it's quite amazing to think, actually, that this is a phrase that we still use today, considering that it comes from a parable that Jesus told around 2,000 years ago. In fact, in Australia, in Western culture in general, I think it's something that we hold in very high regard. You know, to be someone who is willing to help a stranger in need is a characteristic that really resonates in our society, and I think we celebrate it. I'll give you a few examples. So just before Christmas last year, actually, the Canberra Times wrote an article about a woman who went into Toy World in Fishwick and paid thousands of dollars towards laybys for presents that parents had bought their children. You know, and as you would recall, the end of last year was a very uncertain time. Uh, people were worried about their jobs. People were perhaps not earning as much money as they normally would. And that was all because of COVID. There's a lot of uncertainty. And even the owner of the store in Fishwick notes in this article that more people than usual were putting laybys on presents simply because they didn't have the money or were worried about money. And so this woman, she decided that she would help those families out. And of course, those families were a stranger to her. She didn't know who she was helping exactly. And she chose to remain anonymous. She wasn't doing this for the praise of people. And so the Canberra Times called this woman the Good Samaritan who helped pay off almost 200 Christmas laybys. Now, it's, it's quite an amazing story to hear about, but this woman, in the eyes of the public, was considered to be a Good Samaritan. And this article was written to celebrate that. Another example that we have of this, I guess, how this idea of a Good Samaritan resonates in our culture is shown in Australian law. So I recently did a first aid course, and as part of that course, they take you through, I guess, the uh, Australian law for the states and the territories to do with applying first aid to people. And what I found most interesting about this is that the section of the law that relates to this is called Good Samaritans. And so there's uh, Good Samaritan laws that are in place to encourage ordinary people in everyday situations to provide assistance to strangers. You know, so for example, if you were to administer first aid to somebody, a stranger that you found that had fallen over in a shopping centre, these laws are designed to encourage you to provide that assistance with the idea that providing some form of help is usually better than doing nothing at all. And so I found, I found this just interesting in itself that a secular part of our society, I guess, Australian law, refers to these as Good Samaritan laws. And so this idea of a Good Samaritan is something that really does resonate in Australia and more generally in Western culture. You'll find hospitals, for example, called Good Samaritan. Samaritan's Purse is an international aid organisation. In Canberra, we have Samaritan House, which is a, a crisis accommodation program for homeless men. There are lots of programs, buildings, organisations that are named after 
the parable of the Good Samaritan. So let's take a look at where it all began. Let's read the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this parable is kind of bookended by a conversation that Jesus has with an expert in the law. And this kind of sets up the premise, I guess, uh, for telling the parable in the first place. So we're going to go through the whole thing from Luke 10, oh, sorry, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. It says this, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's a really important question to ask. And perhaps no better person to ask than Jesus himself. But what we see here is that the expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And this kind of sets the scene for what's going to come next. You know, the expert in the law wasn't really there asking the question with the desire to learn from it. And I think Jesus realises this and, I guess, to get to a deeper issue, invites this person into a discussion about the law. So Jesus asks, what is written in the law? How do you read it? So this expert in the law replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. And so here we see the expert in the law answers by quoting Deuteronomy 6.5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus agrees and says, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. And this is how we see Jesus summarise the law in other parts of the Bible as loving God and loving your neighbour. But knowing what was written in the law was not the real issue here. It was the outworking of it. It goes on to say this, but the expert in the law wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Now, by wanting to justify himself, the expert in the law wanted to be shown to be right or reasonable. He wanted to be shown that the way he was living was right and reasonable. In particular, the way he was living out this command to love your neighbour was justified. And I think here Jesus has actually uncovered the real issue in this person's heart. And in response to this question, this is where Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. And parables, as we've learned over the last few weeks, being short stories whose purpose is to convey a moral lesson. And they're a powerful way to convey that moral lesson. So Jesus tells this particular parable in Luke 10, verses 30 to 35. So this is where it starts. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. So in this parable, Jesus has worked in settings and people that would have been familiar to his audience. And in doing so, he makes this parable relatable to his audience. In particular, this would have been Jewish people or Jewish leaders like the expert in the law who's asked the original question. So in this parable, there, these are the images which would have been familiar to Jesus' audience. The first is that of a priest. This is the first person to come across the man left half dead. And the priests were the ones who represented the people before God. They were the mediators, if you will. They do things like carry out sacrifices on behalf of the people. And so to Jesus' audience, the priest in this story would have been an image of an expert in the law the image of somebody who understood the law very well. The second person to come along is the Levite. This is, a, this is a, I guess, a, they derive their name from the tribe of Levi, their descendants from that tribe, and they were dedicated to serving in the temple. They assisted the priests in holy rituals. And so to Jesus' audience, the image of a Levite would have been an image of an expert in the law an image of somebody who understood the law very well. The third person to come along is the Samaritan, the Samaritan being a person from Samaria. But in addition to this, Samaritans were also a religious group that had a shared heritage with the Jewish people. But the difference comes in in their adherence to the law of Moses. They did have some differences with the Jewish people. And because of those differences, the Samaritans were not considered to be wholly Jewish. They had also intermarried with other foreign peoples. And to the Jewish leaders, they were considered to be a lower class of people. You know, one that the Jews actually grew to hate more and more over time. You know, to such an extent and degree that they're reported to have destroyed the Samaritans' temple that they had built to God. And as a result, there's this huge rift between the Jewish people and the Samaritan people to the point where they would not associate with one another. And so to Jesus' audience, this image of a Samaritan is an image of a deeply mistrusted and even hated person. The Samaritan in the story, however, is the hero. They're the one who saw the person in dire need of assistance and went above and beyond what was required to help that person. It says they dressed the man's wounds with wine, which was to disinfect. They dressed it with oil to soothe the pain. They put the man on their own donkey, taking them to an inn so that they could rest and heal, paying the innkeeper with their own money. You know, they then go above and beyond again by telling the innkeeper to take good care of the man, offering to pay for any extra expenses. So Jesus then takes these familiar images of a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, and he uses them to convey a deeper meaning. And to convey that deeper meaning, he concludes this parable by asking the expert in the law this. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, 
go and do likewise. Now, Jesus makes the Samaritan the hero of the story. Now, this would have been shocking to Jesus' audience, who would have viewed the Samaritan as this deeply mistrusted and even hated person, someone not to be associated with. But by making the Samaritan, and not the priest or the Levite, the hero of the story, Jesus was pointing out that sometimes we let our own prejudices get in the way of love and compassion. You know, the Levite and the priest, they were both religious people, and they would have known the command, love your neighbour. They would have known the importance that that command held amongst their people. But upon seeing the man on the side of the road, they actually put more distance between themselves and that person. It says that they passed by on the other side of the road. Now, what this tells me is that they saw that there was someone in need and they actively avoided them. You know, and there's only one way to explain that. They've rationalised to themselves that that person is not their neighbour. You know, they, they know that they should love their neighbour, but at the same time, they have this deeply held personal belief that some people are beyond their moral obligation. Some people are not deserving of their love and compassion, and they've let those deeply held prejudices about those people limit their love, their compassion, and their generosity. But by making the Samaritan the neighbour in this parable, Jesus is calling that out. He's calling out those deeply held prejudices that the Jewish leaders had towards the Samaritan people. This belief that they were a lesser people and calling out the hatred they had for them based on differences in their religion, their culture and their ethnicity. So it's interesting to note as well that we're actually not told who the man is that's left for dead by the side of the road. We don't know their religion, we don't know their ethnicity, their moral views, and that's because it shouldn't matter. You know, the Samaritan didn't consider these things when deciding to help. And the message Jesus wants us to take from this is that our love, our compassion, and our generosity should have no boundaries. Every person is deserving of love and compassion. Every person is deserving of care because every person is your neighbour. Another thing Jesus does here is he cleverly reframes that original question when the expert in the law asks, who is my neighbour? That was a limit-seeking question. It was aiming to identify who is not your neighbour. He wanted to know under what circumstance would it be okay to walk on the other side of the road. But by asking which of these three was a neighbour, Jesus flips that original question on its head and he invites us to ask ourselves, which of those three am I most like? Am I more like the priest and the Levite, seeing people in need but putting distance between us? Or am I more like the Samaritan, doing everything I can to help? And so this, this parable is inviting us to ask ourselves, what kind of neighbour am I? Am I showing love, compassion and generosity to everyone I meet? Or do I have some deeply held prejudices that prevent me from doing that? Are there people that I see in need but choose not to help? And for us today, those deeply held prejudices and biases that we have about other people are probably not that different 
to those that the Jewish leaders had towards the Samaritans. We do have prejudices that are based on people's ethnicity, based on their religion, their moral views, their politics. You know, we put people into boxes of being worthy and unworthy of love. Now, I'm not saying that we need to agree with how other people live their lives. I'm definitely not saying that we need to agree with their beliefs. But Jesus has shown us in this parable that agreeing with people is not a prerequisite for caring for them. In fact, you don't need to agree on anything to love other people. And this conversation with the expert in the law ends with Jesus saying, go and do likewise. Go and live like the Good Samaritan, you know, with a love and compassion that has no boundaries. And I find it personally very encouraging to know that right from the very beginning, followers of Jesus have lived this out. They've seen the sick and the needy as being worthy of love and compassion. And there have been practical examples of God's love in the world. And I want to encourage you today by sharing one example of how Jesus' teaching here has changed our world. And this example comes from a woman called Fabiola. Fabiola was from one of the seven founding families of Rome, and as a result, she was one of the wealthiest people in the city. And at some point, we don't know exactly when, she became a Christian. And when she decided to follow Jesus, her life was radically transformed, and she sold everything that she had so that she could use the money to help the poor, the sick, and the needy. And in about 390, the year 390, she did something that's gone down in history. She founded the first public hospital in Western Europe. Now, hospitals were already known to exist. She didn't invent the hospital, so to speak, but their purpose was on the battlefield. They were literally there to keep soldiers fighting to their last breath. But when Fabiola opened her hospital in Rome, it was with the idea of living out Jesus' teaching to love your neighbour, to be that practical example of love, compassion and generosity to strangers that she met on the street. Now, and with that in mind, she decided that her hospital would provide free public health care to anyone in need. And at this time in history, the idea of free public health care, it was so new, it was so radical that actually no one showed up. No one believed that it was true. And so it was so countercultural, it was so different to the way that the world worked, but Fabiola didn't let that stop her. She went onto the streets and she went searching for the desperately ill and sometimes even carrying them back to the hospital herself. And there's this great quote from a guy called Jerome, who was a distinguished church father and also Fabiola's mentor at the time. And he wrote this about her after her death. He says, She founded an infirmary and gathered into it sufferers from the streets, giving a nurse's care to poor bodies worn with sickness and hunger, maimed noses, lost eyes, scorched feet, leprous arms, swollen bellies, how often she carried on her own shoulders poor filthy wretches tortured by epilepsy. How often did she wash away the purulent matters from wounds which others could not even endure to look at. She gave food with her own hands. 
and even when a man was but a breathing corpse, she would moisten his lips with drops of water. Rome was not large enough for her kindness. And it's said that at her funeral, all of Rome turned out, and the passion of the occasion exceeded Rome's military parades. You know, what um, an amazing example of living out Jesus' teaching to love your neighbour. And this practical example of love and compassion for those in need, it didn't end with Fabiola. You know, for many centuries after she died, Christians continued this practical outworking, and they were actually the only ones doing it. You know, mon uh, monasteries and cathedrals, for example, were built with hospitals attached, and if you needed one, you'd be nursed by monks and nuns. And this practical example of loving your neighbour can be traced to the present day. Historians have shown that Jesus' teaching on caring for the sick and needy, loving your neighbour, is actually the reason that we have institutions of public welfare in the Western world. You know, free hospitals, care for the poor, homeless shelters, all of these things come from Jesus' teaching on loving your neighbour. They come from teachings that are found in the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, and for me, that's the, the reason I felt to highlight this example is because it shows us what can happen when we live out Jesus' teachings. You know, it took one person who genuinely loved their neighbours with an idea to build a hospital, and that's actually transformed our world for the better. And for me, that's, that's what makes this more than a story. Jesus' teaching on what it means to love your neighbour has changed our world for the better, and his words are so powerful that 2,000 years later, they still influence our culture. And so the challenge for us as Christians is to go and do likewise. You know, to not necessarily to go build hospitals. Uh, if that's what God has put on your heart, then that's fantastic. But to go and do what the Samaritan did. You know, give generously of your resources to help care for others just like the Good Samaritan who put the man on his donkey. Give generously of your money, just like the Good Samaritan did, giving that two denarii plus more to make sure that that person was well taken care of. Giving generously of your time, just like the Good Samaritan did, going out of their way to take a person to the inn and then checking up on them on the way back. Let's be a people who are willing to give generously of our resources, our time and our money to those who need it. Let's be like Fabiola, and think of creative and practical ways to bless other people less fortunate than us, being a people who are willing to step in and offer help to a stranger. And if that sounds like a daunting task, like something that is beyond you, like something that you're not capable of, then I want to remind you this morning of the power that Jesus holds. Because really, Jesus is the ultimate example of a good Samaritan. He not only inspired us with this teaching, but he lived it out. He cared for the sick and needy. He reached out to strangers. He reached out to outcasts and the marginalised. And he loved, he loved them deeply and showed them compassion. And in the end, he laid down his life, not just for a select few, but for everybody. And as Christians, we know that. At some stage in our life, we were like the man left for dead on the side of the road. You know, we were dying from our sin and we were unable to help ourselves. 
But God was not content to leave us there. And so he sent Jesus to rescue us and restore us back to full health. And Jesus did that by conquering sin and death on our behalf. That is the power that Jesus holds. His love and compassion truly have no boundaries. And now that same power lives inside of us. That same power to show that love and compassion with no boundaries. The power to go and do likewise. So these are the things that I hope that you take with you, that you meditate on during the week as you reflect on the parable of the Good Samaritan. The first is simply that the parable itself has heavily influenced our modern-day culture, and that in itself is absolutely remarkable. It shows us the power that Jesus' teachings have to dramatically and positively influence the world. You know? And as we read that parable and thought about why a Samaritan was in that parable, it made us reflect on the fact that sometimes our prejudices can get in the way of our love, compassion, and generosity, and we need to tackle those things. You know, we need to have a love and compassion and a generosity that actually has no boundaries. And so we need to ask ourselves, what kind of neighbour am I? And we saw an example of the powerful influence that individuals can have when they live out this teaching, when we looked at Fabiola. And so the, the challenge for us is now to go and do likewise. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, as we come before you this morning, we are so grateful for the influence that your teachings have had on the world, Lord, the positive things that have happened because Christians, in partnership with you, have lived out your teachings to love their neighbour with no boundaries, Lord, having a love and a compassion and a generosity towards strangers, people they don't even know, Lord. And we ask for that ourselves. We ask, Lord, as we kneel before you, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. We want to partner with you, Lord, to love our neighbours, to be that reflection of your love in this world. And as you fill us up, Lord, with the Holy Spirit, we pray that that empowers us to go out into the world and love strangers, to show a love and a compassion and a generosity that has no boundaries. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.